Hey everyone, it's Brandon Lee, host of the podcast Escaping Rock Bottom. So good to have you uh, with us on this episode. I'm really excited about this one because I met Stephen Ayers uh, here at Art of Our Soul. He works over at one of our partnering treatment centers, Solutions of Sobriety. <coughs> and the first time I met him, um, he did incredible artwork. And then all of a sudden I looked in the back of the studio and Stephen was dancing. And um, and one of the one of his fellow co-worker says, Brandon, you have no idea how big of a thing that is because he's actually been in so much pain physically. Um, to see him kind of up and agile and moving again is amazing. So, Stephen, man, it's good to have you on the thank podcast. Thank you. I'm glad. I, I'm, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I'm so excited just to learn more about you and your story. Um, okay. And Stephen, um, on the podcast, I always ask everyone to take me back to the very beginning. Mm. Uh, where were you born and raised? I was born in Minnesota. Okay. Minnesota nice. Yes. Or was it Minnesota nice to your face? Minnesota, eh? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> People always say like, oh, Minnesota nice, Minnesota nice. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes Minnesota nice to your face. Yeah, it wasn't very, it, it wasn't very good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, uh, so... Take me back to your childhood, just so I can okay. kind of understand a little bit more about what did that childhood look for Stephen. Okay, so I was born in Minnesota, like I said, and um, it was not a very nice road. So when I was five, I was uh, sexually molested by my dad, mm. and my dad was like like my my role model at that time. Taught me how to do sports, and um, for that to be taken from me was really really hard. Um, and then uh, we were taken from our from my from my dad. And went to um, <clears throat> group homes, me and my sister, um, in and out of group homes. It was just miserable. Um, so that was about seven. And about when I was 10 years old, I went, we found this beautiful family, um, a foster home. Um, but, it, but it happened there too, you know, um, with one of their boys. Um, kind of the same thing what happened with my dad um, happened there too. So, and I didn't tell anybody, this is the first time I ever tell anybody in the world, um, what happened, um, there. Um, but I didn't want to be taken, you know, I didn't want to have to go somewhere else with me and my sister. You know, I just felt like searching for love, um, for a long time, just want to be like loved and, um, like accepted, you know? Um, and, and I, and I didn't get that. And I thought that going to this foster home, you know, being Christian family based, that I was going to get that, and um, it was taken from me there too, you know. Yeah, so Were I was... Were you um, assaulted there as well? I was molested, yes, um, by their youngest boy. Um, it, it, it's, it was kind of hard to... Um, I didn't know if I wanted to say this in the story, but I think it's um, what you really talk about and I really like is about trauma. And the more we talk about it, the better um, you get to breathe and feel and let that boulder off your back. So I wanted to implicate that in my story too, that um, it just didn't happen with my family. It happened where I was supposed to be safe at too with the state, you know, and I didn't get that. Well, first off, let me just say that I'm sorry you experienced that. Um, as somebody who survived, um, I never say suffer, I say survive. Yeah. Survive <clears throat> child sex abuse, um, it's so damaging. Yeah. And we talk a lot about trauma, that when trauma impacts our life and trauma hits us head on, it actually changes the makeup of the brain, especially mm. when that traumatic event happens in those early childhood years. Right. It actually changed the makeup, the way our brain develops, and it throws off our wiring. And so when I was molested and sexually abused as a child, 
it's no wonder that at age 15, I became a cocaine addict and I became a sex addict, you know? And so it's because of the wiring of my brain when that traumatic life event happened. Yeah. And, and so I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that you had to experience that because I say it in my classrooms all the time. Trauma's the gateway. Yeah. Trauma is the reason why we numb. Yep. And, and I think it's really important for people to understand, you know, sometimes people go, yeah, but Brandon, it's a genetic disease. And I'm like, okay, it's a genetic disease. But a lot of people are born with a genetic makeup that would predispose them to many diseases. And oftentimes they won't get it. Trauma triggers it. Absolutely. We may have a genetic makeup to addiction, right? Yeah. But trauma is what triggers that. So um, when that happened to you as a child, when did your life, because eventually, and I tell people this too, that energy, unless we heal from it, it'll come out sideways. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it started coming off the rails for me. My life did at age 15. So when did you start to misbehave? Because that's the way that energy is going to come out. Uh, 16. 16. Yeah, that's when I found you know marijuana. Um, try to fit in with groups. You know, I just didn't hang out with the jocks or I, I hung out with everyone so I can know everyone that's going on around me. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> but I found marijuana at 16 and, um, kind of just went off from there. Um, I didn't, uh, use anything else until I was like 17, 18. I used crack, um, found that. And, um, I think the thing that really hit me the most was meth. At eight, I'm 18 years old, mm. and that's when my downward spiral, you know, 23, 24 years of using that on a daily basis. There was maybe three years out of that 24 years that I've used every single day just to mask um, the trauma. I didn't ever talk about it. You know, I had um, the therapist that I had to talk to at the foster home, but, you know, when you're that young, how do you talk to somebody about what happened? When you trying to trust someone, how do I trust that individual that I don't know? You know, how am I going to feel loved by this individual that I don't know? And I've been searching for that for all my life is love. Um, when, when, when am I going to absolutely feel that from an individual? Because I was taking that from me at five, you know, um, <clears throat> and that was really difficult. And I'm still searching for that, you know. Um, and I think, too. What makes it really hard, because how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? I just turned 47 last Friday. Okay, so you and I are both of the same generation. I'm 42. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when we were growing up, our parents, Stephen, they lived with these sayings, pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Yep. I'll give you something to cry about. Oh, yeah. Don't air your dirty laundry. Don't cry over spilled milk. Mm -hmm. Right? Those are horrible sayings, and I'll tell you why. Because they're basically telling you, hold it all in. Yep. Don't let the world know you're suffering. Don't let the world know you're in pain. Toughen up. Yep. That is awful because it doesn't allow us to heal. It doesn't allow us to heal. And so unfortunately for you and I, we were never given that safe space when we were kids to be able to voice what was happening to us. So that you and I could have healed so much earlier in life. We weren't given that opportunity and we had to numb. Yeah. Because we were in survival mode. Absolutely. Absolutely. What did that rock bottom for you look like? Um, because you did do time. Oh, I did five years. Yes, five years flat. Um, I didn't do time until I was 40. 
Um, I uh, took the charges, so my um, woman at the time wouldn't go to prison because um, she we had a stepdaughter. So I took the charges, and because um, that's what the man does, right? You know, that's what happened. If you, um, you don't have to go into detail. But no, so I, I'll go in detail. She was selling drugs, and I had the real job out. I, I was a carpet installer for five and a half years, and um, we just got raided. Um, but you know, I can tell you, Brandon. Um, when that time happened, I was praying to my higher power, please take this from me. I'm done. I was just, I had enough. You know, I had, you know, I walked away from two beautiful children in Minnesota that didn't get an opportunity to know who Steve was. Mm. And um, that's, I think I still suffer from that um, because they didn't get to know who Steve was. But how do you talk to children when you're numb, when you're messed up? How do you go for and, and see your children when you're messed up out of your gourd? What is that showing your kids? It's actually passing down generational trauma. Absolutely. Is what that is. And, and unfortunately, our parents' generation and their parents' generation, they thought of vulnerability as a weakness. Yeah. Thank God this new generation coming up is being taught that vulnerability is a strength. Absolutely. And if we want to stop the systemic, if we want to stop generational trauma, we have to heal. Yeah. So we don't pass it down to the kids. Yep. So you had nothing to offer because you were hurting and you were so traumatized. Yeah. But I suffer from that now because they don't want um, nothing to do with. So um, they say in recovery, you got to change your whole, your whole life, right? Right. Um, I was Steve when I was using. And I never liked being called Steven. Um, now um, I'm Steven. I'm, um, I'm a new person a new individual, a new man um, that's um, have goals now. And um, I didn't want them to know who Steve was. I want them to know who um, who Steven is, that, um, hey, I suffered, but I didn't want you to see me suffer. So I thought I was doing the best thing for my kids' interest. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm really glad we got to do this today because um, I hope that they get to see and learn what um, I went through and why I wasn't there as an individual, um, why I couldn't be a dad or a father because um, I just couldn't see them the way I was. You know, it, 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 I didn't want to put that impact of trauma on them at an early age. So I, I just didn't go around. I didn't call. But now I'm, I feel I, I'm suffering from that because I miss them. You know, I just want them to know that I'm doing good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I don't have kids, so I don't know the level of heartbreak that you're feeling right now. Yeah. Um, and thank you for your vulnerability, mm -hmm. and thank you for sharing this. Because I know there's a lot of people who are watching and listening right now who will be able to relate to this. Yeah. Stephen, I want to share something with you, and I hope it will give you hope. I suffered a lot of child sex abuse. And I also suffered just a lot of abuse. Yeah. Emotionally and physically at times. I know now, you know, we say all the time, if we don't take this moment in our journey to heal from the cuts that have made us bleed, we will bleed on others who have never hurt us. My mother suffered horrible trauma as a child. She was told 
pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Mm-hmm. I'll give you something to cry about. And so my mom, unfortunately, never healed from the cuts that made her bleed. Mm. And sadly, she bled all over me as a child and at times as an adult. Now, I understand and have so much empathy for her because she did the best she could with the tools she had at the time. Right. And I know that her intent was to never hurt me nor harm me. I know her intent was never bad. And I know my mom loves me and she loves me unconditionally and she wants nothing but the best for me. I can see that now. Yeah. And for the first time in almost seven years, I've started talking to my mom in the last two months. Mm. That's amazing. Great conversations. And I told her, mom, I know you went through a lot when you were a kid. I don't know the details. I don't need to know. But I just want to let you know that I love you. Mm. And I know you did the best you could. Yeah. And you still do the best you can. Yeah. She says, after every phone call now, I love you Mm. and I'm so proud of you. It took me understanding her pain and the empathy I have for her. And now she's saying what I've always wanted her to say to me. I love you and I'm proud of you verbalizing. Yeah. I know she always felt that way now. But sometimes we need to hear it. Absolutely. But Stephen, I say that to you because I hope that one day your kids will understand you did what you did because of the trauma that you had faced and you were unhealed at that time. Yeah. And I hope one day they will see this version of you and build that relationship with you again. Yeah. Because it's possible. Absolutely. There were times that I I truly thought that I may never have a relationship with my mother ever again during this lifetime. And I'm so grateful at the age of 42 that we are rebuilding that mother-son relationship. That's amazing. That's amazing. But I have to do tell you Brandon that um you know, at age 46, I had a massive heart attack. Mm. It was called um, a Widowmaker while I was working, um, flown in a helicopter, um, <clears throat> a COVID pneumonia, valley fever. Um, and I was at a, a low place in my life. I couldn't dress myself. I couldn't um, take my socks off. Um, but, you know, when I walked through these doors here, Brandon, the last word in your in your says art of our soul it awoken me up and i just wanted to give up give up on life i was just drained you know i couldn't move arthritis bound and um it touched my soul so um know that um that you touched one individual who's sitting in front of you that um it does take just one little sprinkle of um 
that enlightenment that so I just want you to know what you're doing here really saved my life I just wanted to let you know that um, what you're doing here is amazing and, and and I just thank God every day for coming here every month to see individuals grow like I can that um, your podcasts allowing other individuals to share their story like I can but you're, you're just amazing what you do here is that it really touches my soul that you saved my life really that means like you're gonna make me tear up. I I just got the out my hair. See, like the hair on my arms is standing up. You know what that is? Like literally, it's like static clean. <laughs> like it's the hair on my arms is standing up. And I'll tell you this because that spirit, right? Yeah. I got goosebumps all over head to toe right now. Um, and this is spirit who's present with me right now, just letting me know that I'm on the I'm on my right path. Right? Absolutely, that Brandon, you're doing what you need to be doing. Um, and people give me credit and I give myself no credit and I give all the credit to spirit. And I'll tell yeah. you this because spirit saved my life and spirit gave me the dream. People ask me all the time, like, how did you even come up with the concept of this place? I'm like, I didn't, I dreamt it. And I only had that dream because of spirit, mm. you know, and spirits guiding me and leading me because I'm open and vulnerable to allow that to happen. Right. And so I thank you, but absolutely. I really thank spirit. And so, um, you know, for giving me the opportunity well, absolutely. You know, and, the, and the platform to do it. Um, and I, and I, like I said, I have that video on my phone of you dancing and, you know, I didn't know that that was a big deal until Katie came up to me and she goes, Brandon, you don't understand. Like he's been really having physical ailments. So to see him in there, you know, and, and, and I think that one thing is that I love about what we do is it just distracts the mind, you yeah. know, it distracts the mind. And, and I think so oftentimes early in recovery, it can be heavy, right? Yeah. It can be heavy because we're doing a lot of internal work. And I just, I really think it's important that people find joy in, Absolutely. in those early stages as mm -hmm. well. Um, so I'm grateful that you, I get to see you once a month and, yeah. and that Solutions of Sobriety has been such a great partner of ours for the oh, past several yes. months and, and hopefully forever. Um, what was it like when you transitioned out of prison? Mm-hmm. And, and I know you went to New Freedom. Absolutely. So, yeah. which is, um, we'll kind of explain New Freedom to, to folks. New Freedom is a program that started in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, and really, it begins in prison. Yep. Um, you have to really start on good behavior in prison, start the program in prison, and then about six months before your release. And then when you're released, they actually converted um, an old hotel right off yeah. the I-17 and converted it into a massive treatment center yeah. for folks who have been in prison and locked up to really help build the foundation of recovery so that they can go on to be contributing members of society, yep. kind of build up some money, build up that good stuff, go get a, you know, go get a job, um, and that way you can put a roof over your head and provide mm -hmm. for yourself rather than running and using drugs. Yeah. What was that program like for you? It was amazing. It, uh, so I, I, when I got out of prison, um, I went there, when, and there was like three other people, me and two other guys who stayed there. So we kind of got to see it grow from nothing yeah, to where you it's were like the first class. <laughs> yeah, there was now there's like 400 individuals there and from start to three to have it in one year to have over 400 people there is just amazing. But I did uh, 89 days there and um, had a relapse at the pool um, with five other individuals and went to Crossroads Arcadia two days later to really work on myself. Um, work on my steps, and um, it saved my life. 
that I really dug deep in those 60 days. And I told um, Joe and other people there at New Freedom, I'm like, will you please let me allow to come back to finish this program? I just didn't start here. Let me allow to finish. And they say, you come with a certificate. I'll allow you to come back. And I got a graduated Crossroads certificate and went back to New Freedom. Um, got my peer sports specialist certificate there, graduated. And um, while I was there, two days before my graduation, I found Susan Spriety. And now I'm, I'm a house manager. Next month on the 4th, we'll be there for a year. You know, I'm being successful. I've never been successful. And, you know, I'm 47. I've never been successful. I always run from it. Now, um, last week on my birthday, I got I bought myself a car for the first time in my entire life. <laughs> That's awesome. I've, I've, I've only had my license since February. So, you know, um, Solutions of Brady is really helping me grow as an individual to be successful in what I want to do. I want, I want to help other people. I want to teach. I want them to know that, hey, if I can do it, 23 years of addiction and to pull myself out of it let me allow to help you because that's where i found it i found it in prison um i taught i saw i was a teacher's aide there for four and a half years Um, i got my my high school diploma with 3.4 you know going to school i was like a 1.2 just d's and d's and f's um but graduated with 3.4 and um that's where i found out that where i wanted to help other individuals you know i learned sign language um from one of my guys, completely deaf. Um, I taught him how to read, write, doing math. It, it was just an experience, and I knew if I can do that, I can help anybody in this world. And that's where I found my calling, is to teach and help others. I was in prison. Gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the beautiful lesson about that is that I, I say, too, all the time, is that, you know, when a traumatic experience happens, mm-hmm. it, it, it is actually an opportunity. Yeah. It's an opportunity for us to face it, mm-hmm. heal from it, grow from it, and then help others through theirs. Yeah. And that's what trauma is, mm-hmm. right? Because what's happened, what happened to you as a child is not okay. What happened to me as a child is not okay. But my shaman asked me this question. Brandon, do you love the life you have for yourself today? Mm. Toby, I love my life today. He says, good. You need to give thanks to that relapse you experienced in 2020, Brandon, because without that experience, you would not have this life you have today. I agree. Brandon, do you love the life you have today? Toby, I love my life I have today. He says, good. You need to give thanks for the trauma you experienced as a child. Because without that experience, Brandon, you would not have this life you have today. Mm-hmm. And it really got me to see trauma through a different lens. Yeah. To instead be victim of, to survivor of, and healed from. Because healed people heal people. Yeah. It's not so hurtful anymore, is it? No. No, it's peaceful. It's, it's peaceful. I yeah. can actually speak about it yeah. without getting emotional about it. And it's trust me, it's not because I didn't feel emotion about it. I have cried about it. Mm. I have screamed about it. Absolutely. That energy is just out of my body now. So I don't have to numb. Yep. I don't have to run. And I don't have to be triggered when life gets tough yeah. to numb. Because I've already allowed myself to reprocess all of that traumatic energy in my body. Right? Yeah. Because when we can see trauma through a different lens and a different perspective, 
we no longer have to say, well, this happened to me. Yeah. Right. That's it. Yeah. There's always the opposite truth. Hurt people hurt people. Yep. Healed people heal people. And you have an opportunity now from all the work that you have done and the man that you have become to go out there, Stephen, and heal people. That's what you get to go do now. Yeah, I'm ready. And there's a purpose for you. There is a reason why your soul experienced all that trauma. There is a reason for it. Mm. And you are learning what that reason is now. Absolutely. And I hope, as we end this podcast, I hope for you that by doing the good work that you continue to do by helping others, that your relationship with your children will heal over time. Absolutely. But they don't want words. Action. They want action. Absolutely. You keep living your action. I can almost promise you they'll come back. Yeah. As children, we want a mom. We want a dad. We just want to see them doing well. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And I promise you it'll happen. Thank you. Yes. Um, thanks for thanks for sharing Absolutely. some of your story. Thanks for having Seriously, me. Seriously, it's gonna be it's gonna bring a lot of hope to a lot of people out there. Especially, I'll tell you what, especially for for parents out there yeah. who are dealing with a child who is facing prison time. And I love what you said. Prison saved your life. It did. Okay. Yeah. Because sometimes that's what we need. Yeah. And I think sometimes parents do everything they can to prevent their child from going to prison, and they end up enabling them. Mm. So parents, if you're out there fearing that your child will end up in prison because of their be current behavior, and you're fearing that, and you continue to enable them, give them money, give them rent money, pick them up all the time, rescue them, listen to what Stephen is saying in this podcast right now. It truly saved my life. It saved his life. And sometimes for some people, that's what they need. Yep. So dude, you have an incredible message. Thank you. Go out there and share it. Share it. Breathe it, live it, and help so many people. I will. My man, Stephen. Thank you. Um, and yeah, thank you. And thank you at home for watching this episode of Escaping Rock Bottom. We'll see you back here for the next episode.